Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. The corporate anointing is the greatest anointing of all of the anointings. Amen. Jesus was given the Spirit without measure. He had the anointing upon his life in, in an unlimited fashion. And we all, in our individual lives, we have the anointing by measure. We have a measure of anointing because we can only handle so much. Amen. And, but when we come together, he's able to, to anoint us as a body and it's stronger. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed how much easier it is to flow in the spirit when you're with the church? How much easier it is to pray? How much easier it is to praise? There's just a, there's a greater flow of the spirit. Amen. And uh, there's a reason for that. Like I said, because he's able to, to pour his spirit out in a greater measure. Amen. Said this morning that we're often conscious of his presence in our midst. Oh, haven't we been conscious of his presence? This morning and tonight. It's different. Every service is different. But we're conscious of his presence. And that presence is his glory. The Old Testament, the glory filled the house of God. Well, that was the Holy Spirit. And his glory fills the house of God today. It says in Hebrews, whose house we are. We are the house of God. Amen. God no longer dwells in temples made by hands. It was never his ultimate purpose anyway. That was temporary. His design from the beginning was to dwell in us. Amen. Oh, what a wonderful purpose. How, how amazing that is to be the object of such a plan, to be part of such a plan. People like us who deserve nothing. And he intended to dwell in us all along. Glory to God. He knew we would fail, but he knew Jesus would come and lift us out of our failure and make something wonderful where there had been nothing but destruction and, and strife and failure. Glory to God. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. So we're conscious of his presence. But why doesn't he manifest, manifest himself this way more often or more consistently? Well, it's not because he doesn't want to. It's his purpose. It's his plan. Amen. The temple had the glory. And he intends for the temple today to have his glory, to experience that glory. So we ask the question, why doesn't he manifest himself more often or more consistently? Well, we know why. We know that we create the atmosphere. Amen. And so it's, it's something that should compel us to create that atmosphere again, to create the opportunity by what we do. And, and it's not about us, it's about him, but we have a part to play. And, and it should compel us to, to, to bring what we have into the house of God so that he can fill it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Turn with me to Second Chronicles, Chronicles chapter 5. Brother Steve's already mentioned this verse tonight, but let's look at it. Glory to God. Second Chronicles 5, of course, this is the uh, uh, account of when Solomon's temple was dedicated. And we know the glory of the Lord filled that temple. But it also tells us how that happened. What, what set that up, so to speak. It didn't just happen solely because God wanted to do. It happened because of, of what the people did. Amen. So starting in verse number 11, it says, And it came to pass when the priest came out of the most holy place, for all the priests who were present had sanctified themselves, not keeping to their divisions. 
And when the Levites, who were the singers, all those of Asaph, Heman, and Jeduthun, with their sons and their brethren, stood at the east end of the altar, clothed in white linen, having cymbals, stringed instruments and harps, and with them 120 priests sounding with trumpets. Now here it is, here's the key. Indeed it came to pass when the trumpeters and the singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord saying, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever that the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud. They actually saw this cloud. It was filled with a cloud so that the priest could not stand to minister. Now, the margin here, the, the New King James says, continue ministering. But the margin will tell you it literally says to stand to minister. And so the translators of the, of the New King James got it wrong. Because they just said that that just meant they couldn't continue ministry. No, it literally means what it says. They could not stand. They could not stand. They could not remain on their feet. They could not stand. They could not remain on their feet. That means they fell out under the power of God. Because because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Oh, Glory. Like I said, this is God's purpose and in, in intent is to fill his house today. And if the type and the shadow of what we had today had this measure of glory, how much more should the church have the full measure, the fullest measure of his glory? Yeah. Now the church has not really seen much of that. church hasn't seen much of that. It happened in Acts chapter 2. The glory of God came in and filled the house of God, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. They were filled with glory. And it's happened, you know, at times in different places It happens among us. But I would dare say that it doesn't happen very often in much of the church world. Much of the church world, the services are natural. They're just natural. Everything's done in the natural. God is not glorified by flesh. God's not impressed with our talents. He's not impressed with our orchestra, our Christmas cantatas, all of the show that goes on. People doing their best. They, they, they do it with the right motive. Now, individuals in the congregation, you know, you know that's not true but all the time because people are people. But the, but the plan is people are, are trying to give their best to God. God's not, God's not interested in our best flesh. That's why he doesn't, he doesn't enjoy the, the sound of someone who has a beautiful voice more than he sounds, enjoys the sound of someone who can't sing work of the lick. Being on key doesn't impress God. Being off key doesn't bother him. It's good news for some of us. <laughs> That's the truth. All of the natural effort. And, and, and we are, we live in a natural world, so we are to bring uh, our best natural ability. But, but so often the church gets caught up in its natural ability and is so proud of its natural ability and what it can present to the Lord in, in praise and worship and service. And when, we, when, when the church takes that approach 
all of the effort is wasted. Because God wants to, God, Jesus said, this just occurred to me last night. I was laying in bed after I went to bed and I was meditating on this. And Jesus said, the time is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth. He said something that I've never caught before until last, it was either last night or early this morning. Anyway, I was still in bed. But he said, the father is seeking such to worship him. And I was reminded of, of my message a few weeks ago, the word seek. Jesus said, ask and it shall be given. Seek you shall find and knock it shall be open. Remember that? Memory teaching on what seeking means. The word seek implies that something is not readily available. It's not easily, it's not automatically seen. If it was, you wouldn't be seeking it. It's not, I, I would say this. This is, this is the, the thing that came to me. God is seeking true worshipers. He's seeking true worshipers because there aren't many out there. There aren't many out there. He's, it's not everywhere. It isn't. I've said this several times lately because it's just been on my heart to say it. There is so much fluff. There is so much flesh that goes on in the worship of much of the church world. There's just so much put on. Amen. God's not impressed by it. In fact, in fact, it grieves the spirit of God. When we present fleshly worship, I'm talking about when the church, not us necessarily, this church, but when the church presents flesh as worship. People stir stuff up. Work people into, a, into some kind of frenzy and it's all flesh. All, all praise and worship. Jesus said this to Kenneth Hagin. He said, all worship in the church must be in, in the spirit. Everything that is done in the church must be God insists that it's done in the spirit. Now these people were not here in Acts in, in, in uh, Second Chronicles weren't not were not spirit filled, but they brought unity. They come, they came in one accord. It says, as they made one sound to be thanking, praising, and thanking God. So what are the ingredients? Unity. They became as one. They made one sound. Now, they all said out loud, here's what they said. For the Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. That's what they said. They said that in unison. I don't know how many of, of the congregation of Israel were gathered around. This was the dedication of Solomon's temple. So I imagine there was a host of people there. In addition to the singers and the trumpeters and the 120 priests and so forth. Those are just the ones that he identifies. Everybody was saying the same thing. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. We said it tonight and it has an impact. Can you imagine when that many people were saying, for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. What a sound that was. God responded because they were in one accord. They were praising and thanking God. Those are ingredients. Those are, those are the things that bring on the glory of God. Now we today, we have the anointing in us. We have the anointing upon us. We've been filled with the spirit. And so we are as the body of Christ, we are to come together and everything that's done, even though there are natural preparations, we like it when the band sounds good. We like it. There's nothing wrong with that. But the important thing is 
in the spirit. Let everything, let everything be done in the spirit. What does that mean? By the power of the spirit, by the anointing. That means don't rely on our natural abilities and our natural contribution. We, we, we all are to lift our voice, but we need to be, let the Holy Spirit fill that voice. Glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Praising and thanking. You know, it's good to thank God. It's good to be grateful. Thank him for what he's done. Like Steve said this morning, you don't tell somebody just thank you and then you know, they don't know what you're talking about. You know, you, you, you thank them for something. That may be something that's obvious that they just, they've just done. But, but if it's something they did last week and you just walk up and say, I just want to thank you. Well, they don't know what you're talking about. It's good to thank God and tell him what you're thanking him for. Amen. Praise the Lord. When this happened, it says over in, in the 22nd Psalm that, that God is enthroned upon the, the praises of his people. He inhabits the praises. He, his presence comes down and, and enthrones itself because, because the spirit is the Lord. He's the Lord of glory, it says over in 2 Corinthians. Yeah, and, and he is enthroned and his, his glory is manifested. He inhabits our praises. Ooh, glory. That's what happened that day. He inhabited their praises, even these people who weren't born again. Let's go over to the New Testament. Let's look at several openings. You know we're gonna go to Acts chapter two. So we'll start there, but we're gonna go to some other passages as well. Acts chapter two, hallelujah. When the day of Pentecost had, had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Well, there's that one accord again. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. There, there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire and one sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. You know, I've said many times that we haven't seen nearly all that God can do. We haven't experienced all of his glory. And a lot of people have experienced more than we have. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in a, in a Pentecostal denomination and the old timers had some amazing stories, some things they've seen. We haven't seen that much. We thank God for what we've seen. We're not diminishing that. But I tell you what, there's a whole lot more to see. Everything God has done, he wants to do again. They saw, they saw amazing things. I mean, the power of God would be in demonstration. I've talked about some of those things before. Miraculous things would happen. Unexplainable things. I think I told you, you know, about my, about my grandmother in the church that, that I was raised up in. She helped found that church. I mean, her, her brother was, was the founding pastor and, uh, and she was one of the original members, charter members. And, uh, my aunts and uncles a few years ago, they were telling me some of these things because I, you know, my grandmother passed away when I was about 14, I think. And so I hadn't heard all of this. And my, my aunts and uncles, before they died, uh, they, were, they were telling me about this. And they said some of the most amazing things they remember as children when they were little guys. Things that, their, that my grandmother had told them and then things that they witnessed in the early days of the outpouring of the Spirit in, in, uh, in America in the 20th century. And they, they talked about those old meetings. You know, they had those potbelly stoves. Uh, you know, in the, in the, in the room to heat it, heat the room. And, uh, you know, the stovepipe would just get red hot. They, they didn't burn wood. They would burn coal if they had it because it was a lot hotter. That old stovepipe, you know, coming up would be just red hot. And now you, you might not, you might think this is crazy. And, uh, but, but they did this. My, my aunts and uncles told me that, that in those meetings that, some of the people would come around and grab that, that hot stove by the pipe and lift it up like this and walk around with it and put it down and not be burned. 
Now, you might think, well, that's a crazy thing to do. Well, if they were in the flesh, they wouldn't have done it again. (laughs) They were not burned. That had to be the power of God. You say, well, it could have been the power of the devil. No, the devil wasn't there. He was shut up in the corner back there. He was trembling in the corner because the Holy Ghost was moving. He was sitting over in a corner somewhere and saying, I, I come to the wrong place tonight. I need to get out of here. They were worshiping God. You know, you can tell whether something is of God or not just by what does it produce? What's the effect? What is, was there good that come of it? And the God got the glory. Just think about that, grabbing a hot stovepipe. And, and, you know, with your bare arms, and, well, they wouldn't have been bare, I guess, in the winter, but whatever they had, and, and they weren't burned. That had to have been the power of God. Well, if it was the power of God, then God was in it. His power is not being commandeered by some, by some other force, you know. He had to have been in it. He had to have gone along with it. What was that for? Why did they do it? It was just a sign. God, the spirit, the spirit of God would just move on somebody. They didn't do this all the time. It was, it was just something that they reported that happened. This Holy Ghost moved on somebody and they went over there and did that. Probably didn't even think about what they were doing. If they, they probably, if they had thought about it, wouldn't have done it. And so they were moved on by the spirit to do something like that. And it was a sign of God's power. Now, we, we get excited, you know, when we have uh, the power of God in demonstration. And, and, and people can say, well, now that's just extreme. There are a lot of people that think what we did this morning was extreme. The very thought, laughing in church. People think that's extreme. And we laugh at them. But what would make us uncomfortable? <laughs> A lot of people uncomfortable could be uncomfortable in service like this morning, but what makes, what would make us uncomfortable? There are some things out there that we haven't seen. God wants to do some amazing things because he, he likes to demonstrate his power. Praise the Lord. Well, that was in, in the first part of Acts chapter two and a, a, a sound came from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. Now that can happen again. Can happen again. Brother Hagen talks about that. I was just reading uh, where he said in one service he was in, one of his services, he said while he was preaching, he said just a, a wind blew through the place. He just, just blew through. Everybody could feel it. It was just a wind. And he said what happened? Every unsaved person in that building was instantly saved. They just all called on the Lord and, and, and received Christ right there in their seat. Just every backslider got back into fellowship with the Lord, just sitting there. Every person that hadn't been filled with the Spirit sitting in their seat. When that wind blew through, every person sitting in their seat that hadn't been filled with the Spirit, they're all talking in tongues. He said in this one service, he said there was a woman there on a stretcher. She had been brought to the church in a stretcher. She had had six operations and the doctor had said, there's no need to operate on her anymore. Nothing else can be done. He had given her six months to live and four months of that six were already gone. So she was, she was on a death watch. He said she was just the picture of death, just emaciated, just wasted away. Nobody touched her. Nobody laid hands on her. When that wind blew through, he said she jumped up off of that, uh, off of that stretcher and, and just ran the aisles. Completely healed. There was another woman there who was a church member who wasn't saved. She thought she was saved. When that wind blew through, she realized she wasn't saved. She got right. She accepted Christ right then and was born again. Just when the wind blew through, she realized I need to be saved. I thought I was saved. I'm not. She got saved. Brother Hagin said he came back to that same area uh, sometime later and that same woman was there. She said, not only did I get saved that morning, she said, I got healed. And I forgot what he said was wrong with her. She said, I went home and all of my physical ailments, they were all gone. And she, she had been a smoker and she had tried to quit over and over and over again. And she said, when that wind blew through, she says, I have never touched another cigarette. I was completely delivered from cigarettes. She she said, in fact, the thought of picking up a cigarette has never even entered my mind since then. 
That happened when the wind blew through. Can that happen today? Yeah. Anything God has ever done, he can do, and, and I, I believe he wants to do. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're in Acts chapter 2, aren't we? Let me get back to it. Look at, uh, I read this portion of it this morning. Now, in Acts chapter 2, they had a tremendous thing going on here. Sound of a rushing mighty wind, tongues as a fire, people filled with the Spirit, speaking with other tongues, great uh, commotion going on. Now, in verse 11, it says, they heard them speaking in their own languages the wonderful works of God. So, tongues are used to speak of God's glory and his wonderful works. See that? Now, a, a, a matter of time passed, we have... Uh, that day is described down through uh, verse 41. And then 42 takes us, uh, we don't know what the time frame is from 42 down through the rest of the verse or the rest of the chapter, but some time passed and it tells us some of the things that were going on. It says they, were con- they continued steadfastly in the, in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayers. Then fear come upon, came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among them all. So that all didn't happen the same day. See that? Divided among all as anyone has need, had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Well, so what are the ingredients here? Once again, we see one accord. So continually daily, continuing daily with one accord in the temple. And this was, this was the temple there in Jerusalem that was full of, of Jews and 3,000 people got saved on the first day. So a lot of those, those, those uh, Jews had become Christians, but a lot of them hadn't. So they were still in the temple and they were there continually with one accord. So being in one accord wasn't a temporary thing or a once in a while thing. They made a habit, they, they, when they caught... When they came together, they came together in one accord. You, you, have to, you have to purpose to do that. In one accord. They had gladness and they praised God. Well, those are, those are, those are the ingredients. We saw it in, already in... in uh, in Second Chronicles. And notice that in the midst of them doing that, they had favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. A lot of people have the idea that if we really just, just go all in for the Holy Ghost, just go all in, just respond to whatever the Holy Spirit moves us to. Everybody in the church, just let our hair down and just respond to the Holy Spirit. That that'll drive people away. It says here, it added people. When they gave themselves over to the Holy Spirit in one accord, praising and thanking God with gladness, now, how glad do you think they were? These were the same people that, that, that had either had experienced the tongues of fire and the wind or else had witnessed it. 3,000 and some more were being added. They were, they were glad. You think they were, oh, we're just so glad. What, do you remember what happened back then, you know? Few, few weeks ago. No, they were glad. They were happy about it. They were praising God. They, they were rejoicing in what God had done. Gladness. Well, praise the Lord. I better hurry up. I've got several of these. Go to chapter four, because I want to come back to each one of them. I, this is why I need to hurry. Chapter four. Uh, 
you know, there, there, there was some opposition, some persecution. And so when uh, 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 Peter and John were let go, they went to their own companions, reported, this is in, in the 23rd verse, reported all that the chief priests and elders had said. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord. There it is again, with one accord. And what did they do? They said, Lord, you are God. The first thing they did was magnify God, extol God and his greatness and his virtue. Lord, you are God. You made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. So they, 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 uh, they begin to pray and they're, they're extolling God. They're, they're magnifying God. And it says when they had prayed, verse 31, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. That means the building where they were assembled together was shaken. And, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. I would say that's a demonstration of God's power. I would say the glory came in and shook the very building. It's wonderful when people shake under the power of God. But it's really something when the building shakes. Hallelujah. I think I have experienced that before. I was out in a meeting at, 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 uh, on the campus of Raymond one time. And, and I think, but you know, I would, I'll leave you know, the possibility that I imagined it because no, not a lot of people else, other people talked about it. But to me, it seemed like the building was shaken. I mean, physically, I, I could feel it. I don't know. It was, it's just what I remember. Glory to God. It would be in line with the scriptures. Go over to the 13th chapter of Acts. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 13, verse number one. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. It names these men. And verse two says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them and sent them away. Notice uh, that as they ministered to the Lord, they weren't ministering to one another. As they ministered to the Lord, the Holy Spirit said something. That's, that's an important key. Their, their direction was given. And these ministers, Barnabas and Saul, had already uh, been given a ministry. God had already called them. But, it, but they hadn't been sent out yet. It wasn't time they just sensed the call of God on their life. But now the Holy Spirit said, separate Barnabas and Saul to the work for the work to which I have called them. And so that was revelation. It was direction. And uh, so that was a manifestation of God's spirit and his power. And it came as they ministered to the Lord. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Go to the 16th chapter of Acts, 16th chapter of Acts, verse 25 at midnight. You know, Paul and Silas had been uh, beaten and put in the inner prison. Their feet were in, in, in stocks. It was not a nice place. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. Not just Paul, not just Silas, Paul and Silas. That would be in one accord. It's easy to be in one accord and there's just two of you. <laughs> so they were in one accord. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. And the King James says hymns. The older King James says praises. These were hymns of praise. They were singing praises to God. And the prisoners, they were doing this right out loud. The prisoners were listening. They weren't singing to the prisoners. They were singing to the Lord. But they were not ashamed of what they were singing and the, and the prisoners were listening to them. Well, what else could they do? <laughs> they, they were a captive audience. <laughs> Suddenly, there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Now, this was, this was not a, an ordinary earthquake. This wasn't something that happened because of geological uh, 
instability around the place. This wasn't a natural earthquake. It was a real earthquake, but it wasn't caused by nature. God shook that prison. We know that because it tells us that immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loose. An earthquake wouldn't knock the chains off of people. An earthquake normally causes destruction and loss of life. Nobody was hurt. Nobody was, nobody died. All the doors were open. Everyone's chains were loosed and the prisoners stayed right there. They didn't leave. You know, God was moving. (laughs) This was a manifestation of the glory of God. And it came as they were praying and praising. Some people get in the jam and they're quick to pray, but they need to spend time praising. They weren't just praising. They weren't just praying. They were praying and praising. And so often the praising part's what's missing. Yes, it's good to pray. We know the Bible says, let your request be made known to God with thanksgiving. Amen. So they were praying and praising and singing praises to God. And God sent a marvelous move of his spirit. The glory of God came in, shook that place, knocked everybody's chains off. All the prisoners sat there just, just, Overcome by the, by the presence of God. They suddenly had faith in the power of God. These people who knew nothing about the power of God saw it. And it had an effect on them so much so that they didn't want to leave. Well, praise the Lord. Go over to the 22nd chapter of Acts. Acts 22, verse 17. Paul here is, is talking. He's telling uh, something about what happened to him on, on the road to Damascus and then later uh, uh, when he was in Damascus. And uh, he tells about Ananias coming in and, and, and uh, ministering to him. Now it happened, well this actually it happened when he returned to Jerusalem. Look at 17. Now it happened when I returned to Jerusalem and was praying in the temple. I was in a trance. And saw him saying to me, make haste and get out of Jerusalem quickly for you, for they will not receive your testimony concerning me. So I said, Lord, they know that in every synagogue I imprisoned and beat those who believed on you. And when the blood of your martyr Stephen was shed, I also was standing by consenting to his death and guarding the clothes of those who were killing him. Then he said to me, depart, for I will send you far from here to the, to the Gentiles. After Barnabas, I mean, after Paul had been saved in, 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 uh, on the road to Damascus and then Ananias came to him, laid his hands on him, was filled with the Holy Spirit. He stayed in Damascus for a while. After that, he went into uh, Arabia for a short period of time. And then he came back to Damascus. If you read the, the book of Acts and put it all together, he came back to Damascus. Then he went to Jerusalem. He went up secretly and, or privately, I should say, to, to consult with Peter and John and the, and the founders of the church to make sure, you know, that he was, that he was uh, hearing things right and getting things right. And, uh, and this was the occasion. He said while he was in Jerusalem, he was praying in the temple and was in a trance. Well, uh, that was a manifestation of God's glory as well. In a trance is not, is not an, a common thing. When a person falls into a trance, it's, it's more than, it's, it's the highest type of vision in that your physical sim, uh, senses are suspended. You don't, even, you don't even know where you are. And he was in a trance, second highest type of vision, I guess. Open vision is the highest but he's in a trance and his, and his physical sen- uh, senses are suspended and uh, he saw Jesus. And, and, and Jesus said to leave. He got revelation is the point I make. He got revelation, direction because of the manifestation of God's glory. Like I said, being in a trance is not an ordinary thing. That was a manifestation of the power of God. Now here's the interesting thing. Go, go quickly to if, uh, Ephesians, the sixth chapter. Now, Paul taught this. 
He taught in the sixth chapter that we should pray always with all prayer and supplication. Everybody say the next words. In the spirit. Different translations say different things. I don't have them in front of me right now, but uh, one translation says praying always in, in, in all manner of prayer and at all times pray in the spirit. Now, do you think, do you think praying in the spirit was important to Paul? Do you think he, that he uh, followed his own teaching? That what he told the church to do, he did himself. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. What does that mean? That means in other tongues. That's what praying in the spirit is. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Praying in other tongues. Did Paul do that? Yes. He wouldn't have taught us to do it. He didn't do it. The founder, the, 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 the founder and, and founding a, a apostle that gave revelation concerning the whole body of Christ, God wouldn't have used a hypocrite. I believe that this was a common thing with him. We have his testimony that the church at Corinth, he said, I thank God I pray in tongues more than all of you put together. So we know from what he taught and from his testimony that Paul prayed in other tongues and he did it a lot. Well, let's go back to, to the second chapter of Acts again. I want, to, I want to show you something that maybe we haven't seen before. Acts chapter two. So continue, this is verse 46, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. Now, these were the same people. We don't know what, how long a time had transpired between the first, the day of Pentecost. We know that someday, uh, some days because something happened daily. So some days went by, but it wasn't very long. These were the same people that had experienced the tongues of fire resting on them. They had heard the rushing mighty wind. They were filled with the spirit. They began to praise God. It says they, they began to speak with other tongues. But down in verse number 11, the people there in, in Jerusalem heard them speaking in their languages the wonderful works of God. So they were praising God in other tongues. What, how, 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 how much do you reckon they kept that up? Do you think they stopped that on that day? Well, well, that was a wonderful day back then. Remember when that happened? And then didn't do it anymore? No, they're full of gladness. They're praising God. I mean, the church was on fire. All the way through the, to the end of the chapter and beyond. But my point is, these people didn't stop praising God in other tongues on the day of Pentecost. It doesn't make sense. Now, it doesn't say in verse number 46 and 47 that they were in the spirit, that they were worshiping in the spirit. But what else would they have done? Almost dropped my Bible. What else would they have done? Good save there, wasn't it? What else would they have done? Does it make sense that they were doing something else other than worshiping in the spirit? It only makes sense that they were in the spirit as they were thinking and praising God and full of gladness and favor had been granted to them. They were enjoying themselves big time. Persecution hadn't started yet. Praise God. My point is, they were praising God. They were, they were with gladness. They were in one accord. But the point is they were in the spirit. What they were doing, they did in the spirit by the power of the Holy Ghost. And that involves tongues. It does. That's what praying in the spirit is. If you go over to um, the fourth chapter. 
chapter 4. Now, you think they had quit praying in tongues by the fourth chapter? I don't believe it. And I'm going to tell you this. You don't have an earthquake from heaven off of, off of natural praying. You just don't. We've done plenty of it. We haven't seen an earthquake yet. You don't have this kind of a move of God with natural praying. They were in one accord, yes. They were thanking God, yes. They were, they were magnifying God, yes. But they had to have been in the spirit. And I'll tell you else why. Another reason why. Notice in verse number 24, when they heard what the chief priests and the elders had said, they raised their voice, singular. It doesn't say voices. They raised their voice to God with one accord and said, now, in, in Second Chronicles, it said they said this as they praised, as they praised, for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. That was a little short uh, statement and they all said it. Someone led them in it. And then they all begin to say it. They probably said it over and over and over and over again for, for, for a while. But here on this day, it tells us the prayer that they prayed. It says they raised their voice to God with one accord and they said, and it details what they said. Now, how in the world could they have all said, I mean, there are several verses here. You couldn't learn that, to recite that, what they said. But it says they all said. Now, somebody said, well, that was, just, that was just the Holy Spirit's interpretation of what they said. That's not what it says. It says they said. With one accord, they raised their voice with one accord and said. Now, I know that they all were not saying the same thing. In other words, if you were sitting next to, to, to uh, one man, you would have heard one thing sitting next to another woman over here. You'd have heard something, something else. I, I, I don't doubt that happened. But they were all in other tongues. That's the only way they could have all been saying different things. But the interpretation, they were all saying the same thing. Are you getting that? They were speaking this one, that one, different languages. But in each language, they were saying the same thing. Whoo! That's miraculous. That's when you get earthquakes. That's when things like, that's when this kind of glory is in manifestation. When the church becomes in such one accord, and there's no other way to do that except in the spirit. You can't do that in the natural. You can't. They, they raised their voice, singular, in one accord, and they all said the same thing in the spirit. Glory to God. Can you, can you see why it's so important, why, why there's so much stress put upon in the spirit, being in the spirit, not just being in the natural? Praise the Lord. Go to the 13th chapter of Acts. Now here, there were certain ministers in the church. This was, this was not the meeting evidently of the whole church. Might have been, but it sounds like that this was a meeting of these five ministers. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said. Now, how do you, how, what, how, what does it sound like to you? What does that mean when they ministered to the Lord? Do you think they just uh, were in the natural? Do you think they were just, you know, just offering natural, just ministering to the Lord in that? But these were all spirit-filled ministers. As they ministered to the Lord, I submit to you that they ministered to the Lord in the spirit. Why else? Why would they not? This was the early church. I mean, they, they, had, they had been given something that, that, that was from, from another world. 
It only makes, I can't prove it, but you can't disprove it. It only makes sense that they ministered to the Lord in other tongues. They, they not only in other tongues, but in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We're instructed to do that. We're instructed to minister to the Lord and to minister to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. That's, that's, by, that's in the spirit. That's what Brother Steve's trying to get us to do. Is to begin to sing out of our spirit. Minister to the Lord supernaturally. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Revelation comes. That's, that's when revelation comes. A lot of times we don't get the revelation we need because we're not in the spirit. We're just not in the spirit. I'm talking about being in the spirit. I'm talking about the congregation like ours with, with coming together with an understanding that natural worship, natural praying is, is not enough. There is a, there's a place for all of it, but the ultimate gain or the ultimate uh, 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 intent is to get into the spirit, get beyond the natural and get into the spirit. Get over in the spirit, I should say. That's where the power is. That's where the power is. That's where it was for these people. Go to the 16th chapter of Acts. At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying the doxology. (laughs) Do you think that's what they were doing? Think they were just praying some form prayer? At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, singing praises. Now, they weren't singing to the prisoners, but the prisoners were listening. Like I said, they were a captive audience. What else could they do? But I don't believe you have, like I said, you don't have an earthquake uh, as a result of natural praying and singing. It had to have been in the spirit. See, not everything is just spelled out for you. But you, but you can read everything that's been said in the New Testament. This was, this was Paul. He said, I thank my God. I speak in tongues more than any of you people. And they've spoken in tongues a lot. It only makes sense that they were praising God in the spirit. Amen. In Acts 22... When Paul was in Jerusalem and he was in a trance, how do you figure he got the, into a trance? How do you think he got into a trance? Just by, you know, reciting a form prayer? Praying out of his own understanding? He understood the value of praying in the Spirit. Everything needs to be done in the Spirit. That's the key. The unity, the praise, the one accord, the gladness, all of those components we know are, are, are what brings on the glory, but when they're done in the spirit, in the spirit. Hallelujah. That doesn't mean we don't sing with our understanding. Paul said, I, I'll sing with my, this, my spirit and I'll sing with the understanding. I'll pray with the spirit, I'll pray with the understanding. There is pl- there's a place for both, but... We don't, we don't focus enough on in the spirit. We focus more heavily. We're balanced too far on with the understanding and not balanced enough within the spirit. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. God's taking us. He wants us to go higher. He wants us to go higher. Not, not for, a, not for a, 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 a selfish reason on our part. He wants to demonstrate his power and his glory. And so what, we're, what I'm talking about are, are things that, that bring on the power and bring on the glory. It creates a, an atmosphere where God can move. Amen. 
That's why it's important for us to sing with our understanding and be glad and be thankful and praise God. But it's also important for us to sing with the Spirit. So it's important for us to pray in, in, in with our own understanding, but it's also important to pray in the Spirit. And that is both in other tongues, and it's also praying psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, praying out or praying the, by prophecy. Inspired utterance is not just, not all inspired utterance is in an unknown tongue. There's inspired utterance in your own tongue. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, God is taking us higher. He's taking us higher if we're willing to go and we're willing. We're willing. How many of you are willing to go higher? How many of you want to go further? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, let's stand up. Praise God. Praise the Lord. I went about, looks like about 23 minutes tonight. Is that right? I started at 8 o'clock, didn't I? <laughs> Just kidding. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Don't you appreciate Michael? What an amazing, amazing gift God has given Michael Bauer. Wow. Amazing gift. There's no, there's no other explanation for it than the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Father, we worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, now, Dad Hagen said that of, of the, in the 12 years that he pastored, that he was only able to get one church. He pastored there about two years. He said, I was only able to get one church to this, to this place of unity in the Spirit. Think about that. He pastored, I don't know, what, eight churches or something? I forget how many or several churches. He said, I was only able to get one church to this place. And he said the miraculous was commonplace. Commonplace. Now, he said they had their uh, evangelistic service was on Sunday night because this was at the tail end of the depression. And uh, he said, you know, if you had a dime, you could buy, you know, you could buy a lot with a dime. Problem was nobody had a dime. <laughs> and they were, they were broke. And so there wasn't anything to do. There wasn't any, you couldn't go to a movie. Didn't have money for it. So they'd go to church. Sinners would go to church. They'd come Sunday night. And he said that, that, that the little church they were in, you know, in the, in the spring, summer, and fall, the windows were open. They didn't have air conditioning. The windows were open. And people would be, there'd be more people outside than there was inside. Sinners would just fill the yard. He said you could look out through the windows. There were, you know, 15 people deep all the way back to the street, just sinners. And, and the church would be full of sinners. Sinners just come to church because there was the only thing going on. And so he would preach an evangelistic service on Sunday night. But Sunday mornings, he said it was just them. Weren't any visitors there. And he said most of the time they had Holy Ghost meetings. Not all the time, but most of the time on Sunday mornings. He said he didn't preach a whole lot during those two years. Some, but not, not too much. He mostly had Holy Ghost meetings. But now, in balance, they had Sunday night and Wednesday night. All Pentecostal churches had Wednesday night, sometimes more than that. So there were other services that weren't Holy Ghost meetings, and that was right too. So we're not, we're not talking about, you know, being, uh, you know, unbalanced. But what I'm saying is we need to have more times in the Spirit than we've been having. We need to come to, ta- to town, or to town, to, to church more times is what I'm trying to say. We, we need to come more times where we let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do because there are more times than we've allowed that he's wanted us to get over in the spirit and, and let him move. Just let him do what he wants to do. Well, that's what we're learning. Amen. I've determined I, I, I'm just not going to have just, I'm just not going to have church without the anointing and without the move of the spirit. Without the, what well, I'm talking about, the anointing, the corporate anointing. Just not willing to have it. It's not willing. It's God's plan for him to, for, for the glory of God to fill this temple. Thank you, Father.
thank you, 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 Lord. Glory to God. We thank you, Father, that your glory has been in manifestation tonight. Your presence is here, Father. It's not always the same. We're not expecting it to always be the same. But like this morning and tonight and other times, we expect your presence to be in manifestation in all that we do. For really everything we do in the church should be led of the Spirit and anointed by the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Father, we pray for all of the ministry, the singers, the musicians, for the ushers, the people running slides and working the cameras, all of the children's workers in all of the departments from the babies right on up to, to the oldest children's group and then our youth group. Father, that all the workers, Lord, in, in, in all the helps ministry, in all these places, Lord, would be conscious of the Spirit. That our ushers can usher in the power of the Holy Ghost. The camera operators can operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. All that we do, Father, we need to be, when we come together, we need to be mindful of the Spirit and be in one accord, be, in, be united in this purpose to create an opportunity for the Spirit of God to do what He wants to do, what you want to do, Lord, in our services. Glory to God. We're, we're so grateful for today. We pray, Lord, that, that we will be mindful going forward like we have been today, that we'll be that we be sensitive, that we'll be sensitive to the Spirit. Glory to God. And responsive to the Spirit. Responsive to the Spirit. When you're moving by your Spirit in the dance, it will not just sit there if the Spirit moves on us. I'm not talking about just doing something in the flesh, but if the Spirit moves... Father, we'll, we'll, we'll move with the Spirit. We'll, we'll participate. If the Spirit's moving and praising and shouting praises, we'll, we'll get with it and participate. If it's praying in other tongues or singing in the Spirit, Father, we'll, we'll participate. Move with the Spirit. Glory to God. There's a greater participation, a greater cooperation that we need to move into individually, each of us. There's a greater participation, a greater yieldedness, I should say, for all of us. Father, we pray that you'll help us to be, to know how to yield to the Spirit. We purpose in our hearts to not be those who interfere or stop the move of the Spirit. Or refuse to move because that hinders what you can do overall. But all of us purpose in our heart, Father, to flow with the Spirit in what we, in how you move upon us. In, in light of the leadership, how the Spirit's moving and who's running the service and so forth, there's order in everything. What order doesn't, order doesn't mean, Lord, and it shouldn't mean just sitting back when the spirit moves and refusing to cooperate. That's not order, that's rebellion. That's resisting, that's quenching the spirit. Father, may we not quench the spirit, but flow with the spirit. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Do you, did, did you agree with that tonight? Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Well, God is good. He's, he's met with us wonderfully. He wants, to, he wants to be wonderful in our midst all the time. Let us not come to church and just go through the ritual. Let us not come to, to church and just go through the motions. It's easy to do. It's easy for anybody. Let us not do that. Let us not come to church and just go through the motions again. Amen. Let's, let's, let's flow with the Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory to God. God heard, 
God heard us tonight. If you agreed with that and you prayed that in your heart, God heard you. He heard us. Great things are happening. Great things are happening. Praise God. Greater things are happening than we've seen before. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.